So, uh, welcome to the Kia Company webinar. I'm, I'm Duncan Chappell, I'm Managing Director here at Kia Company, and I'm speaking with, uh, with David Taylor. David Taylor, hello, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you, Duncan, and uh, good afternoon or good morning to everybody uh, on the call. Um, I, I just wanted to say thank you in advance to uh, everybody who submitted questions, and we'll certainly make sure we cover those as part of today's call. Um, Duncan and I, in fact, have been working on this topic of sales enablement for quite some while now. In fact, before Duncan had uh, moved over to joining uh, Kia, it's certainly a very exciting um, area, I think. Um, however, to do sales enablement very well is, is very challenging, uh, but it does present a great opportunity for AR sales for, uh, professionals, and I'd just like to talk a little bit more to that. So if we look at the reality of AR today, um, as AR professionals, we are faced with numerous challenges to demonstrate and optimize the value of AR. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges that we see is that AR over the past few years, um, the perception is that uh, the analyst influence has diminished as a result of the rise in social media. We have seen, um, and I'm sure you've probably encountered this with some of your executives, that you know it's it's very difficult to demonstrate the analyst contributions to sales, and um, and therefore it's very difficult to to show the true value of what uh, AR is about. Uh, many AR practitioners, I found, sort of when they've been engaging companies, are often not aligned to the sales uh, process and more worryingly, they like the sort of strategic focus that AR can provide, and we'll get into that a little bit later, I'm sure, into the Q&A sessions. Um, the consequence of that is that, you know, we are seeing out there that AR is continuing to lose support and the resource it needs. And in, in addition, what we are also seeing is that there's sort of a continued shift to, towards what they call blended roles. And by that, I'm talking about AR sort of uh, PR sort of joint roles, or maybe investor relations and uh, analyst relations roles, and uh, obviously limited career path opportunities. Now, what is interesting though is that there's an interest. Sorry, there is a an interesting dichotomy going on here. And despite it being sort of been one of the worst downturns in the uh, history. Um, revenues generated by the analyst firms have actually increased uh, by almost a third from 3.1 billion um, up in uh, in 2009 to 2012, and those are KPG figures. So effectively, the analyst relations uh, firm influence is very, very strong. And as an industry, if we can address some of the challenges that we've described on the previous slide, then I think there is a great opportunity to ahead. So. For example, if AR can better align with the sales um, and make sure its value, value is more transparent, and sales enablement, you know, is, is certainly a way of providing this uh, this transparency. Um, what you've seen on the slide is a series of things that you know sales enablement can assist with. Um, obviously, if we can get better at helping generate leads uh, and recommendations to sales, you know, that is is all goodness. Um, we can, through doing that and showing, um, you know, sort of more alignment with sales, we can then help enhance the value and reputation of AR. Um, 
also, if we do this right, we can certainly help unlock potentially new budget and resource, and ultimately, we can drive better career paths. So, Duncan, if you could just move on to the next slide, please. Um, so, the, the problem, though, in sort of doing this in, in, in talking about sales enablement, it sounds very easy, but in reality, it, it's a quite a complex area. Um, there is sort of many different factors, I think, that are inhibitors um, to sort of drive an effective sales enablement program. Um, one of the biggest being, obviously, there is no direct AR linkage to sales, um, so measurement becomes a very challenging uh, aspect of this. Um, there's also the sales perception of analysts that you have to, uh, to deal with. Um, there are issues around scale and complexity of dealing with the sales force. I mean, you are probably maybe at most a handful of people um, devoted to AR more often than not just one uh, one sort of person. Your sales force could be hundreds if not thousands of people strong. So how do you scale up to that uh, the needs of the sales force? Um, other aspects are things like AR team maturity and experience uh, dealing with sales and, and obviously things like confidence. So what Duncan and I have been working on is to develop a sales enablement benchmark um, to help AR professionals benchmark their own company against what we see as the best practices are in, are in the industry. And what, what is actually depicted on this slide um, is sort of the model uh, that we use. There's, there's, a, there's sort of the six main um, sort of uh, phases that we're mapping against, so understanding the sales cycle, relationship to sales, understanding the influences, shaping market perception, responding to critical incidents, and arming sales to close business. And the way this works, it's part of a five-step process um, that we will sort of work with you on uh, as part of your, inside your organization. So we help sort of gather the data with you. We review the data against the benchmark. And then we provide a report and advice on the steps that you need to, to take and where the areas you know, that you can look at for you know, sort of improving your, your scores are. Um, and then it helps you implement that and provide a sort of series of ongoing support for you. So that's the idea of the, the, the benchmarking. Um, and Duncan, if we can move on to the next slide, please. Then um, in sort of in summary, and before we get on into the question, the Q questions and answers, I sort of wanted to just sort of um, sort of share some thoughts about ways that we can help progress things um, to move this whole topic forward. Um, I did mention earlier on in the slide presentation that that I've seen out there are not necessarily working in terms of identifying what the, the real key strategic priorities are for AR against the business. So I think it's important just to take some time out to do that. As I say, there's a lot of people who are running very ragged out there um, just trying to do the day-to-day -day jobs, but taking time out to do this I think is very essential. The other thing is to um, look at the opportunities for AR to engage with sales. Now, I know probably a lot of you are doing this, but um, you know, if you haven't started to do that, 
you know, talk to some of the sales executives, talk to some of the friendly sales contacts you've got, find out what some of the top of mind issues are and start to, to work with them and look at how AR can contribute to that process um, on there. Um, one of the big challenges that we we need to figure out as an industry, though, is how we can work together with the analyst firms to provide greater sales transparency. Um, now, what we are seeing is firms like Garda, Ovum, uh, the current analysis the other day, and they are all recognizing the importance of the, the whole sales enablement topic. And um, so they are starting to do this, um, you know, and engage with the uh, with the vendors. But what I'd like to see is more transparency, you know, particularly over sales deals. And you know, if if you work with them, um, you know, I think this is possible. Um, it's it's going to take some time, but if we can make that linkage between sales and you know the the influence of the analysts. Um, I think that will be goodness for all, and uh, it will certainly help drive this this industry forward. And obviously, if we can, you know, help you in any uh, sort of plans as part of your sales enablement process, we'd be very happy to do that. So, with that said, uh, Duncan, that was just a sort of a quick overview and our thoughts on um, the sort of sales enablement area. But I know that um, there are quite a few specific um, questions that people had, so. I think, Duncan, we've got those um, on the next slide, if I recall. That's right. So let me let me just click through to those, just to just to give people a bit of context. So we've put a question onto the Analyst Relations Forum group in LinkedIn. If people aren't already members of that, then I really do recommend that people join the Analyst Relations Forum group on on LinkedIn. That's a, a great resource, which we'll be using between now and the AR Forum. In London on October the third, but also beyond. Then we'll be we'll be uh, developing, uh, you know, more content and continuing the, the the discussions going forward. So, so David, these are these are three advanced questions that people submitted for this webinar through through the LinkedIn group. Do you, do you want to step through those one one by one, perhaps? Yes, and obviously, Duncan, please uh, feel free to chip in your thoughts will, on this because I, I know you've uh, you've always got an opinion <laughs> on everything. So uh, let's let's go through those. Um, so uh, the first question, um, uh, you, I hope you can see all that. Everybody can see that on the screens, but um, just in case anybody hasn't got access to the screen, I'll just read that out. I have trouble getting my salespeople to probe around the involvement of analysts in their deals. They're afraid that they will introduce something that they can't control. Um, best practices on that, please. Well, just an immediate sort of thought about this is I think there's a reality, um, you know, of, of the situation that the sales force needs to understand, and that is obviously the analysts are going to be in, involved in the deals, whether they like it or not. And I'm, I'm sure that you've probably encountered this from your own experience, but um, I've come across many examples where you know the, the sales force have got really no clue um, just how much or how influential the analyst can be as part of a sales deal. So um, you know, that is one thing just to, to sort of to bear in mind there. But then I think um, the ways of sort of tackling this are um, it comes down. I think if you can start to, you know, sort of perhaps align more with the executive uh, sales leadership, 
um, and get them sort of on board with you to uh, you know just to sort of show the value of analyst relations. Um, you know they can be quite a, a useful ally in terms of maybe mandating some things uh, for the sales force. So you know asking them to to certainly you know make sure they talk to their accounts and find out who is influencing the accounts because in today's you know modern sales world and a complex IT world, um, you know there are probably many influencers uh, that can impact the sales deal. Obviously analysts will be a key one, but there may be other people as well. So they should be aware of that anyway as part of their uh, just due diligence um, on that account. And I think um, you know once you've got that executive engagement, if you can then you know sort of work a program that's more broadly to help the sales force understand you know more about analyst relations, what it does and how it can help them because I'm sure you've probably got some you know good reports that can provide ammunition from a sales perspective. Um, you know you've got obviously trusted relationships with analysts that you can bring um, on board and to help you know if there's a complex uh, situation with a, with an analyst you know, that is uh, is causing a drag on sales. So um, there's many things that you can do um, in order to to sort of gain that trust and education for the sales force, and hopefully, you know, that will lead to um, a, a sort of a better situation in in them sort of being more proactive and engaging, um, you know, uh, with 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 their clients as to you know the involvement of uh, sales on the account. Um, the other thing is, I think, you know, just to perhaps keep this um, as something to do proactively before, perhaps not when the RFP is coming out. So if, if we can make it part of a sales, an ongoing sales process, which, as I say, ultimately probably will need, you know, the backing of your sales executives, that would be the ideal. Um, Duncan, is there anything else to add to that? Well, I mean, to start off by stressing that point about timing, um, I think salespeople who are hesitant to bring something unknown into a sales negotiation are acting really wisely and it's really hard to, to blame them for doing uh, for doing that that's a really wise tactic so the opportunity is really there to find out which analysts are influencing the deals either well before the deal uh, so for it to be you know part of just the background chatter uh, that salespeople are finding out about uh, when deals are still fairly fairly cool before the negotiations heat up, and the other, of course, is immediately after they've had the decision. You know, very often it's possible to turn a no around into a yes by asking if there was an analyst involved, and sometimes it might be the analyst intervention which has led either to winning a deal or to losing a deal. Under either under either scenario, the prospects will be much more likely to be honest with you about analyst influence in the deal after they, they've told you what their decision is. And it can still be possible even at that late stage to turn it around. But, but I agree with David that really the key is, you know, make sure that you're finding ways that your spokespeople can deliver analyst value into the client and can really transparently see that you're delivering collateral or maybe offering telephone calls with analysts who are going to be supportive and will be a, a positive force in the sales process rather than uh, a, a volatile and unexpected ingredient that could that could lead the sales negotiation in in any direction um, david how about how about the second question what's your what's your take on that 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't um, know because I know Robin had asked that question. I know Robin's on the call whether um, you know that has helped or not. So, I, uh, Robin, if you feel you, uh, if we feel you know, that has helped answer your question, give me some thought. You know, just uh, let us know either on the come back to us on the audio if we're not a, a, if we're on uh, a mute or uh, okay. She's, I can see a, a reply from Robin there. So okay, good, um, Robin. I'm glad that helped. Um, so yes, uh, second question again. I'll just in, in case anybody's um, trying to listen to this call on the way to work or whatever, I'll just read it on the uh, on the screen um, so that you can hear it if you haven't got access to the page to your screen. So why does it always seem harder to sell opportunities internally to one's own business than it is to identify opportunity from the analyst and advisor community outside of one's own business? Um, I think this is a great uh, question, and the guy who this one um, and I, I think it sort of goes beyond just the analyst relations uh, and advisor discussion in, in general um, I, I sort of I, I guess when I was thinking a little bit more about this is um, I think it's to do perhaps with a sort of focus because you know in today's business business world you know everything is sort of on the go um, you know, you've got a gazillion emails to deal with, and there's always politics interactions with the company, various you know requests, uh, you know, for support, etc. And and so by you know having an outside input coming in, it does perhaps provide a focus. The other thing is, you know, there is perhaps a value that is attributed to that, and um, and therefore if, if people are paying for somebody to come and tell them some things, then you know maybe people pay um, you know more attention to that than somebody trying to promote it um, you know internally. Um, it's just unfortunately it is one of the facts of life that the, the outside people you know it's, it's perfectly obvious to outside people, but as I say, um, for some reason they don't sort of seem to adhere to that and want to listen to that necessarily. And so uh, that external influence, given an opinion, is is often valued. But um, my personal view is it maybe comes down to those sort of factors. Um, the key question is though is you know can we flip that around and um, are the different ways of perhaps presenting those opportunities you know which grabs more of the attention of the business so they do become more focused. Um, and that's you know that's that's perhaps something for a sort of discussion there. But Duncan, um, any other thoughts on that one? No, I, I I really agree with the way that you that you put it. I, I think you know if if you're in the situation where it's hard to hard to sell opportunities into the into the business, then then I think you have to say, are these the kinds of opportunities that the business is really looking for? Uh, because you know either it's the case that the organization isn't looking for those sorts of leads or there's something else happening in the relationship between analyst and advisor relations and uh, and the sales engine in the uh, in the organization but you know i think if someone's in that situation then i think there i think you know there's something about the internal uh, the internal relationship uh, which which needs to be looked at i don't think it's a it's a normal situation i hope it's not a normal situation for for that to be happening Okay. Um, I don't think Guy is actually on the line. Um, so, um, if yeah, if, if Guy, if you are listening, it's just not showing up. Um, you know, it's, 
if you want to let us know if, if you had any further thoughts on that, uh, by all means, please come back to us. Um, so on to the third question that was submitted in advance. Um, it, I, I don't think uh, Pamela's on the line who proposed this. So um, if you are on the line, Pamela, please keep me honest here because I just wanted to make sure I was I'd understood this question correctly, but let me read it out for everybody. I would like to be considered even more in advance of, uh, by, sorry, when RFP, RFI activities are planned within a scope of work. Many times we've had the discussion with the analysts and the information is relevant to the activities at hand. Ideas on how to strengthen that top of mind concept internally. Um, so my initial thoughts on this was, uh, and it came back to the sort of message I was trying to convey earlier, um, I think sort of taking a step out to understand what are the key sort of priorities um, in terms of the business and where our AR can contribute. Um, you know, it could be, for example, that you're looking to provide a new service or get into a new marketplace. And, and clearly, analyst relations can help very much in, you know, involved in that because obviously you're going to be doing a lot of messaging you're going to be in areas and, and territories perhaps where the sales force aren't comfortable um, about how to sell. So there's a lot of good things that you can do as part of an effective AR outreach program to, to help the business if you want to cross the chasm as it were, using Jeffrey Moore's terms. Um, and what that does really rely on is, is a lot of uh, joined up initiatives um, to, to make that happen. There's a lot of moving parts as you well know, in an AR program to, to make that effective. Um, but if in doing this, um, I think there's a lot of techniques that you can use. So, you know, certainly use um, staff to understand, you know, more about the market that you're perhaps you're planning to enter or the, the sort of the competitive landscape, you know, whether it be from a services or product perspective, so that you've got a very good handle on that. Um, and um, you know, using it to evaluate your product, um, using the inquiry as well, just to understand how you are, you know, perhaps perceived in the marketplace. You know, maybe to test some assumptions on a RFI or RFP side. Um, there's, there's many different things I think that you know you can do there to to make this more effective. And if if you can do that, as I say, in a sort of a consistent joined up initiative uh, type manner and then show the results of that, um, you know, keep the executive sort of in that loop. Um, I think that will be goodness and, and, and again, help demonstrate the value of AR. Uh, Duncan, any um, additional thoughts from you on that one? Uh, that I was that I just noticed was a, an, a question from Robin in the in the chat bar. Uh, which I think kind of in some ways links up to this, you know, can you can you talk more about getting leads from analysts? I mean, in a way, both of these things are about, you know, about being on the tip of the analyst's tongue, about the analyst thinking of you proactively and, and what are the things that analyst relations professionals need to do in order to be engaging with analysts outside of the, the regular news flow that their business might be pushing out and developing the kind of rapport that means that an analyst might might actually mention when they when they had a lead uh, underway what's what's your experience uh, about about that david well, um, there's a couple of thoughts on that um, 
Robin. I mean, again, it depends on, I think, perhaps what, what you're trying to achieve you know, from an analyst relations perspective. I, I used to um, head up the analyst relations uh, practice for Cisco um, in EMEA. And Cisco was constantly moving into sort of new you know, market opportunity areas. Now, um, sometimes we found that, um, you know, some of the smaller events that the analyst firms were running, not necessarily the symposium, for example, from Gartner, uh, but some of their other events could be quite an effective way uh, for getting um, immediate sales prospects and out in visibility to, um, you know, sort of a new market area. So that, that could be um, one sort of thought around that. Um, but I think, you know, if you are um, engaged with Dallas, I mean, you know, Gartner um, do have quite expensive uh, services where you, you know, you can pay for them. So what they might do is they might uh, have a, an analyst that's talking um, about a particular technology area reference sort of perhaps your company and then, um, you know, we'll be giving their sort of thoughts and assessments on the marketplace. And and that's why some people do use for for generating leads. But you know, obviously, all those things um, cost money. But as I say, if if you can um, get your analyst to you know sort of promote the company, whether it's through sort of written pieces, whether it's you know good position in the magic quadrant, um, all of those things, you know, if, if they're sort of valuable. Um, if you want pieces of sales collateral, could be could be very helpful um, in generating leads um, for the uh, you know for the for the the wider sales force. David, that's Duncan, that's wonderful. To to that one? Well, I, I was just thinking. Um, I think I think it might be nice to to open up the microphones, but on the other hand, I'm also aware, you know, that uh, people might feel a little awkward sharing. Uh, sharing questions that are then going to be recorded and, and broadcasted to, to strangers. So, so David, what I'd like to do is just pull the recording together and, and thank you. Uh, and then after ending the recording, I'm going to unmute the microphones and we'll see if there are other questions where, where people have other points that they want to, to drill down on. Um, but David, really, thank you. Thank you so much for, for, your, for, your, for your initial comments and, and for your questions. And of course, we're all looking forward very much to, to continuing the discussion with you, both at the Analyst Relations Forum on, on the 4th, but I also think at the AR Leaders Forum uh, the, on, the, on, the, on the following day, that we'll also be able to, uh, to develop some of these points as well. So, thank you very okay. much. Thank you, Duncan. And uh, sorry, uh, everybody, again, just uh, for the uh, few technical challenges we had at the, uh, the front of the call, but 